Hey, welcome back to another episode of Illini Football Illy Family Podcast. I'm your host, Juice Williams, with my co-host, Cam Buckner. Cam, coming off a big weekend, man. How you feeling today? How you, how you feeling today? Man, Juice, my voice is halfway gone because I'm, I'm, I was screaming at the TV so much this weekend, bro. <laughs> um, I'm excited, man. Illinois football showed up on Saturday. They showed us what they really can be. Um, and this is what we've been talking about, you know, for the whole year, man. They, they have the ability um, to, you know, kind of get over those hurdles and, and to be the football team that they were on Saturday. I'm excited, man. There's still a lot of football left in this season. Man, a ton of football. I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm feeling great by, by the fact that I was wrong about last week's prediction. Uh, and I always approach, you know, football, the sport, from a non-biased perspective. I think the team is better. No matter if I went to the school or not, I'm going to say that. But with that being said, I was all the way wrong with the prediction last week. And I thought Miller was going to win. I thought Miller was going to win by a big number because it's what they've shown over the last few weeks. But, man, I'm so proud of the way we, we stepped out there and, and stood up. And you give a team that's right down the cuffs some opportunity and you let them hang around long enough, we see stuff like this happen all the time. Right? So, man, I, I, I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, being, being a fellow alum from the University of Illinois, living in the DMV area where we was able to knock them off on homecoming. So I'm, I'm wearing my orange proudly this week. Bro, you bro. should. And listen, one thing that I, I noticed on Saturday is that for the first time this year, I saw us play a complete football game on offense, on defense, and on special teams. Um, shout out to Caleb Griffin for the uh, walk-off uh, field goal, man. We, salute, man listen, we, we ran the ball well. Uh, we protected the quarterback as well as we could. Luke controlled the game. He managed the game. Um, the, the, the defense uh, showed up, bro. And, and you know, um, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast since we started. Um, but, man, pressure, 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 pressure. We put pressure on Maryland, man. Um, and not only did we rush four defensive linemen, but sometimes <laughs> we rush five, right? Um, you know, we got to have faith in our DBs and our and our and our linebackers to be able to cover. Um, we didn't we didn't have to make the false choice this year this weekend between pressure and prevention. Um, we did both, man. And so, listen, it, it, it was a great win, as you said. For those of us who understand the history of, of Illinois Maryland, I just want to be clear about this: Illinois has only played Maryland three times in the history of both of those schools existing. Um, but there's a lot of history there between, you know, those of us who played with and for Mike Loxley, those of us who have lived in D.C. You live there now. I used to live there. Um, this was a good win, man, and the Illini should be ready to do this again. Man, look, super exciting buzz, not only for Champaign, but the DMV for all the local alums that's in the area, man. It's a lot of excitement buzzing around. Uh, people are excited to see Illinois not only, not only go out there and win, but actually compete. Even if we miss the field goal, something happens in the fourth quarter, right? You know, I, I'm not a big believer in more victories from the game itself, but as an, as, as an alum, as a, as a supporting university, you want to see a team play just like that and ultimately, you know, win the games. Now, as a player, nobody cared about Vegas. Like, when I'm there, like, I don't care about any spreads, I don't look at stuff. I mean, realistically, can I'm still catching up on what that stuff even means because I never care about the spreads or anything like that. But Vegas had us down as a 14-point underdog. Right. So the fact that we was able to go against the odds on homecoming, right, in the backyard, that says a lot. I woke up feeling great. Uh, me being in a high power offense, in, you know, in my past, um, the one threat that you don't see on paper to any explosive offense is the elements, the weather. 
and waking up Saturday morning and having that annoying crosswind, it's cold, it's rainy. I said, oh yeah, this is going to be a good day. We got a shot because we get to neutralize a fast-paced offense just a little bit, right? And of course, we can't we can lean on, you know, the, the weather guys to always help us out a little bit, but I knew that was going to work in our favor, so we was able to come out there, score early, and just stick around, stick around, stick around long enough, and ultimately get the job. What, what was the atmosphere like? Um, in college, college park. I'm gonna say college station, college park. This weekend, what did it feel like? Uh, I, I, I give you a comparable, and one that you can probably relate to. I felt like I felt like Iowa. Oh. I felt like we was playing in Iowa City. Okay. It was one of them elements because I've never played in Iowa when the sun was out. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and, I, and I can't. And I and you was there before I was there. Think of a game when the sun was out when you played never. in Iowa. Probably never. not. <laughs> gloomy, it's cold, it's weird, it's awkward, yeah. like it's that it's that annoying tension, but it's close enough to the state of Illinois where we got some orange in the building. Right, right. right? So it was the exact same thing. So I, I had a small event at my house Friday night, kind of create a little buzz, you know, get some people excited. You go out there to the tailgates, it's a ton of orange out there. Um, so it was just that like, you know, kind of, I, I guess a slight delusional um, excitement yeah. in a bit because most people walk around like we're going to beat Maryland. I'm like, all right, let's see, let's 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 see it. But I mean, that's where you call fanatics, and everyone showed up, ready to roll as supporters, as fans. People were excited. People were, you know high fiving each other. So it was it was a fun, it was a cool fun environment to be. That's yeah, great, man. And I think you're right. Um, uh, you know, playing in Iowa City is always tough. Um, and we'll get to that because we get, we got them. Uh, on the road at some point this year too, um, but that's fantastic, man. They hear that the line our faithful came out and showed up for our guys. Um, once again, this was a complete football game from 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 top to bottom, and uh, it shows us who we really can be. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. So I'm a nitpick on this game a little bit uh, because some of the some of the stats that the you know the box score, some of the team stats, uh, it's it's going to speak directly. It's a, it's a close correlation to what we've been saying for the last few weeks about how we should approach this game, how we should approach this season with talent that's still young, talent still a bit unproven. All right, and we did exactly what we've been talking about for the last two weeks. So, and I'm gonna start over with the offensive side. Luke Alkmaier did exactly what I've been saying for the last few weeks. Manage the game. Manage the game until you get to the point where you step out there and you'll be leaned on as the big playmaker. Right? We talk about staying on the field for third downs. Right? Illinois goes out and, and, and goes 6 for 16. I mean, anytime you are at 30% or higher third down, like you're giving your chance, you give yourself a chance to stay in drives, right? So anytime you dip below 30%, <clears throat> you're typically going to struggle. But obviously this week, uh, we did a, a really, really good job of being over 30% on third downs. I think we completed, uh, I think we was well, one for one on fourth downs, so sustaining the drives. And Luke did an amazing job of hitting the check downs, right? Hitting those guys, coming across the middles, dumping the ball off to the running backs. And then when he did take his shots, right, they were either near misses or we actually hit Pat Bryant in the end zone, I believe it was for the first touchdown of the game, right? So you start to see stuff like that. That adds on to your confidence as a, as a young quarterback. And it gives you a little bounce of your step because it's like, hey, I can actually make the big plays when I go out there and take a shot, right? But for the bulk of the game, he managed the game very well. Clock management all the way down to, you know, making the right reads, making someone miss in the pocket and hitting the check downs to ultimately lead the score. I, listen, I saw that, and I think you're right. It was, it was actually really refreshing to watch uh, how the offense played in that space and how they um, – you know, we're able to, I think, do the things that we really haven't done uh, for most of the games this year. Uh, 
as far as defense is concerned, man, I was extremely elated uh, for a few reasons, man. Um, some some players that I, I've seen a spark all year, they actually stepped up and did huge things in this game. And then Dylan Rosiek is one of them. Uh, he forced his third fumble of the season. Um, uh, Kanina uh, Odaluga, he uh, got a fumble recovery. Uh, Seth Coleman, I think this was, he had uh, three sacks uh, in this game. Listen, we pressured the quarterback. Uh, we made them uncomfortable, and we did the things that our defense needs to do to win. What also is important, man, and we don't give them enough love, but the special team showed up once again. Man, not only did Caleb Griffin have two field goals that really counted and mattered in the clutch, but once again, your namesake, Isaiah Williams, uh, I think he had 28 yards averaged on his two-punt returns. Um, Kanari Wiltshire, he had a 43-yard kickoff return uh, in the fourth quarter. Listen, we played a complete football game, and this is Atlanta football. 100%, man. We talk about when you, whenever you play a ranked team, you have to play a complete game. Now, obviously, there's still a few mistakes, and that's expected from a young team. Luke did have a one interception out there, uh, but we was able to force a fumble on the other side of the football, too, so it kind of balanced down a bit. But all three phases has to be there, and everything has to work in unison. When you talk about that defensive line getting out to the quarterback, I mean, you know better than me. I'm chasing around the quarterback. Even if I get a, a pressure or an actual sack, you're tired. Like, that takes a lot out of you in terms of your fatigue levels, right? And you go out there, and in order to be dynamic, you have to have time to catch your breath, get some water, get some Gatorade on the sideline. And in order to do that, the offense has to stay on the field and give your defense a chance to catch its breath. And we did exactly that. And then when it was time for special teams to jump out there to produce and put points on the board, we was, a we was able to do that, man. So I'm super excited about a complete team win. I, th I truly think... This is something to continuously build on as we fight back and try to become bowl eligible for the remainder of the year. That's right, and we're close. Listen, we if this team continues to play football the way they did uh, on, on on Saturday against the Terrapins, um, we we you know we, we'll see uh, a bowl berth. Um, and listen, we'll talk about this later in, in the in the podcast, but we may see a Big Ten uh, West division uh, championship because um, it's there. We got space, bro. We can figure it out. We got some space, and the West is struggling a little bit, which is going to work in our favor if we go out there and continue to rattle off wins. Uh, so we put ourselves in a position, A, to fight back. You just never know. Find that line, we call that for a reason. So beating, beating a ranked team, a team that you're a heavy underdog, Big Ten play, um, for me, this reminds me of, again, I like to use my personal sort of reflections into this. This reminds me of that first win that I had as a true freshman. Illinois versus Michigan State back in 2006. Very similar weather sort of conditions. It's gloomy, it's rainy, it's ugly, it's homecoming. Uh, I believe Michigan State had a whiteout that day, midday. And um, we come out early and we hit them first, right? And it's kind of like this little tug of war back and forth. And you let us hang around long enough. Obviously, we go out there and get a big, game, uh, get a big win. The locker room is going crazy. Had a little scuffle on the field at the 50-yard line after the game. Uh, but you're talking about on the brink of turning, turning the program around. That started everything. That led up into us being able to uh, ultimately the, the next year going out into the Rose Bowl because we, had, we leveraged that as a building block for the remainder of that year and going over to next year. So if you could think back to you know, one of your 
key wins throughout your Illinois career. Uh, career. Um, what does this kind of feel like for you in terms of locker room elements? Well, look, I, I love the fact that you mentioned that Michigan State game. That was a huge one. And we talked a little bit offline yes, uh, last week about the backstory of the scuffle that happened before the game. Um, it, it goes back to, <laughs> to my time uh, before you got to, uh, to, to Champaign. But, um, man, there are two games that really stick out in my mind. Um, one uh, was the 2005 game uh, U of I versus Rutgers. When we, when, before Rutgers was a part of the Big Ten, we played them uh, in Champaign. Um, and there are some famous pictures of both uh, E.B. Halsey and Pierre Thomas scoring last-minute touchdowns, man, to um, take us over the top. But the way that that locker room felt was amazing. It was getting us over the hump after we had a, a few really rough years. Um, but I also think about the fact that in 2005, that same year, we went to Bloomington, Indiana, and we beat IU. Uh, during their homecoming, and it was a gloomy day. Um, it, IU was one of the worst places in the Big Ten to play. Uh, not, you know, it just it sucks. <laughs> I, I never ever liked playing there. I mean, we were able to, to pull off a win. I, I compare it to that juice only because, and, and you know this, um, when you win on the road, it's something special about that bus ride back to the airport. It's something special about yeah. walking out the locker room. Like I came in your house and I did something to you. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, right. <laughs> so it feels different, and I think that that's probably how our guys felt after they left College uh, Park this weekend. For sure, for sure. Next week, Wisconsin, our homecoming. Yeah. Uh, big time game. Uh, a lot of uh, Big Ten West indications on this game. Um, the Big Ten West is wide open. Looking at the standards right now, we sit at one and three in the conference. But, you know, the, on the west side of the, of the Big Ten bracket, I mean, it's right there for the taking. There's no clear-cut um, team that's really dominating the, the side of the, of the conference. Um, how does this win um, translate into how you practice in this following week? And ultimately, how you end up playing on Saturday? First off, I could not script this better if I if I had tried to. Right, this is this is perfect. Um, you know, this game against Wisconsin is actually last week's matchup against Maryland times two. Um, there are a lot of emotions involved in this game. You got old coach at new school playing his old team at the old coach's new school's home stadium. This is dope. Same energy is happening all again this week. We know that Brett Billima um, uh, is a Wisconsin guy. Uh, he he kind of cut his teeth there and, and made his, his name there. We know that uh, defensive coordinator Aaron Henry was a standout um, uh, a player uh, there in you know around our era. Um, you got guys like uh, Antonio Finelius, who's who's the the the, um, the defensive backs coach. Um, Terrence Jameson, who's the D-line coach, they all coached there. Jim Leonard is part of our staff now. They all played and coached there, man. Um, and so the the energy is high. Um, you know, I think coming off this Maryland win, uh, Wisconsin can be the game that gets us over the hump to keep this momentum going. So I'm going to be very clear about this. What we did last week was we salvaged our season, right? What we need to do this week is to make sure that we put ourselves back on top. Um, and we have the ability to do that. It's homecoming. The University of Illinois invented homecoming. It started in Champaign. Um, this is a big week, Juice, and, and I think that um, preparation has to uh, be really uh, centered around making sure that our, our guys understand um, not to get swallowed up by this moment, but to take this, um, this win that they had last week and to use it as momentum to keep moving in the right direction. Now, you bring up a good point. Uh, and, yes, sidebar, University of Illinois, we did invent the idea of homecoming. The very first homecoming was right there in Champaign, Illinois. So, for all you 
uh, football historians, campus historians, go look at our Illinois invented homecoming. So that's pretty amazing to be a part of and associated with that. But in the football sense, you're, you're 100% right, right? And this starts with that trip back to Champaign, right? Coming, uh, coming from College Park, the flight back, the bus ride from the airport, team dinner on Sunday, how you practice on Monday, all that stuff is connected. Right. And if, you know, Coach B, who I know he's going to do a great job, if he continues to manage those emotions and activate guys in terms of their, their roles and responsibilities, we might see the same continuation that we ended the fourth quarter against Maryland, kick off the game uh, uh, quarter one against Wisconsin, which ultimately gets us off to a great start and which, you know, obviously will, you know, uh, make for a really, really good game. So all that stuff is connected and it's, and it's all built in. Another sidebar I want to make um, about whenever you have two teams with so much history and, and, and so much connectivity, you got to be able to manage them emotions, right? Obviously, Coach B had a long, successful stint at the University of Wisconsin where he, I mean, if they have a, a football Hall of Fame, I'm sure he'll be considered if he's not already in it. Uh, he had a ton of success in Wisconsin. Um, we beat them last year, so we're, you know, they're looking for some, some, a little get back. We talk about a lot of the coaching connections, who, you know, former players at Wisconsin that are currently on the staff and things like that. Uh, you have to manage all that because as much as you want to come out there and press for a win, right, you have to keep those emotions at bay because not necessarily the cocky or the arrogance that might creep into some of the coaching decisions, you might want to push it a little bit because you're, you're, you're fighting so hard to get a win. So I think Coach B and, and that entire staff had to not only manage those players, but manage their emotions as they go into this game with high hopes to go out there and win and continuously fight for uh, Big Ten West um, championship. And, and listen, I trust that we can do that, Juice. Uh, you know, Co Coach B um, understands what this game means, not just for his own personal brand, uh, not just – uh, because it, uh, Wisconsin was his home for a long time. It's not just about the past, but it's really about the future. Uh, I looked up uh, Wisconsin's 2024 recruiting class, and they already have four players um, from Illinois who are uh, committed to wow. them. They got a guy from Mount Carmel, a guy from Algonquin, a guy from Bolingbrook, and a guy from Joliet Catholic, right? Some of our most storied football programs in this state. Uh, and so, listen, this is about setting the course on, on who Illinois is and who we're going to be uh, moving forward. Um, there are a lot of things that I think we have to do uh, to to make this game, um, you know, a successful one for us. But I'll just go in and cut straight to the chase, Juice. This game is going to be about third down. What we do on third down, how we stop them on third down on on, on defense, um, what we're able to do on third down on offense is going to be important. Uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. When we put the, down those four defensive linemen, we let that three tick technique work upfield. Uh, we get our hand in the dirt before the snap, and we make things happen. Um, we always see good results. We saw it this weekend, and so um, I'm looking forward to, to watching us kind of switch up some of the coverage, um, you know, to play our, our base defense with some slight variations, um, to give pressure on, on the quarterback uh, and make them throw low-percentage football throws across the middle of the field and see what we can do. I trust our DBs. I trust our linebackers. I trust our D linemen. Um, this is going to be a good game for us. Check this out. Check this stat out. Iowa beat Wisconsin 15 to 6 last week. Iowa had 37 yards passing total. Wow. Which tells me, which tells me, we need to line up and just hit them in the mouth yeah. and give them a reminder of what just happened to them last week. And we have the weapons to do that. Offensive line is gaining some momentum. They're getting a bit nasty in the trenches. 
We got a stable running backs. We talked about them on previous shows. Um, Luke and those weapons on the outside, we can keep them honest a little bit and keep them from just stacking up the box because we can make plays on the outside. So for me, my thoughts, the same thing consistently with what you just said. Third down is going to be a key element, but how we get to third down is going to be most important. Getting into third and two situations, third and three situations, right, with play action or, you know, draws, all of, all those plays are all on the line. Staying out of third and long, which obviously indicates pass, and we haven't, you know, done – we haven't done a tremendous job on third and long situation where you're, you're asking Luke to read the defense and make a big play. But third and short, third and medium, right, we get ourselves in, in, in better situations, and I think we do that by being able to effectively run the ball on first and second down and create those uh, those short yarder situations on third, and allow Luke to you know make a play using his legs, uh, hit the checkdowns or you know some some short you know quick game um, short short um, progression routes that's going to be really easy for a young, a young quarterback to go out there and dissect and be able to make the big play. So coming into this week, I think we need to hold a mirror up to Wisconsin's front four and show them like, hey, y'all just struggled with this last week. Y'all got more of that for another four quarters that's coming up this week. So expect a tough fall game in the trenches and being able to sustain third Listen, downs. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is going to be like real uh, old school Big Ten football. We're not hiding, bro. We just you got we got to play the, the big guys up front on our side. Got to beat the big guys up front on their, their side. We know where they're going. We know how they're coming, and we got to be able to counter that. Um, and and on that note, you know I don't I. I very rarely take the opportunity to call out players specifically, but let me say, Jerzon Newton, this is your game, brother. Big number four, this is your game. And put your hand in the dirt before the ball snaps, man. Get out there. Like, you can't, you 6'3", 300 pounds, you can't hide, bro. You cannot hide. They know where you're going. Make them stop you. And, and you can walk around with number four. Right, you definitely right. can't hide make, out make there, bro. You can't hide. stop you, bro. <laughs> No, but that's a fact. That's a fact, man. This is a D lineman's dream, um, and it's Smash Mouth football. This is historical Big Ten football, and this is the type of game you want, right? Again, Iowa just 37 yards passing and dominated the game, 15 to six. Now most would think it's a boring game and things like that. We want to see, you know, uh, a lot of points on the scoreboard, but. You know, anytime a team can dominate the run game um, and have 200 yards plus rushing, I mean, that just, hey, hey, we just better than you. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, and, and that's demoralizing. It's not like it's fluke where you, you got a one-handed catch or you're getting penalties to sustain, to sustain drives. Like, we, we just pound you out, and there's nothing you can do to stop us because you know exactly what we're doing. Like I said, I think we just hold up a mirror to that Wisconsin defense that show, like, look, this is going to be more the same now. We aren't the lineup that hits you in the mouth, eye formation, just run right at you. We aren't, the not, we, we aren't that type of offense. But we can keep you guessing to get three yards here, four yards there, play action roll, hit the guy coming across, hit the tight end of the flats. We can effectively do that. And that balance of being able to run the ball and run play action off that, that's how you go out there and hit a team like that in the mouth without necessarily lining up in a heavy set formation and just running right. I think up. you're absolutely right. Um, that, that's the, that's the key on offense and on defense. Once again, um, pressure, pressure, pressure. Get pressure from our fourth down alignment. Um, defend the under zones inside uh, and outside. Release so tightly that um, the only way they can get first downs is by executing perfectly. We win the game if we do that. 100 percent, man. Think back to. To your Wisconsin versus Illinois days as a player, 
I mean, what was that like? I mean, I, I got my two cents old playing Wisconsin historically, but what, what was your experience like? Because you were, you were a few years ahead. Yeah, man, I think my, my, my favorite or most memorable Wisconsin-Illinois game was actually my freshman year, man. We um, played them in Champaign. It was a night game. Um, we had the orange towels out, and they were up by probably four touchdowns at halftime, but we found a way to come back. We still lost that game um, by, by a field goal. Um, on a very, very questionable pass interference call. I won't go there. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, the the energy there was incredible. It was amazing. I remember playing at Camp Randall in 2024, 2004, sorry, um, and uh, getting very close to beating them. I think I only beat Wisconsin once, Juice, in my entire career, um, which uh, is painful because Wisconsin was one of the schools I was really considering going to. Um, uh, way back in the Barry Alvarez days, pre pre Brett Bielema, man. Um, but this is an, this is a story rivalry, bro. We we talk about I talked about the fact that Illinois had only played Maryland three times before this. Illinois has played Wisconsin eighty nine times. Um, you know, so oh, we man. got some stories, man, um, and we got some history. Uh, what what was your favorite game against Wisconsin? What's your what's your Wisconsin Illinois memories? Yeah, I mean, my memories date back. Um, I mean, pre pre foot. I mean, pre um, enrollment. At Illinois, right? Because I got some history with Wisconsin, but don't feel bad on about beating Wisconsin once. I've only beaten Wisconsin. I've only beaten a lot of teams in the Big Ten one time, yeah, so don't feel bad about that. It's all good. Wisconsin is a is a is a legendary um, program, and for good reason. But you know, my history with Wisconsin um, University of Wisconsin uh, campus dates back to my freshman year of high school. Well, I was started um, the days I started to take football a little bit more serious. University of Wisconsin was my very first off-site camp where I had to go to another another town, uh, which is very, you know, at the time, I didn't travel much. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't all over the map. I didn't travel very much as a kid. But going out to, um, going up to Madison for a three-day camp was, was, was you know, um, was a turn for me just in my childhood development because I'm off playing a game that I really enjoy at this point. And I'm out with some of the other, the re some of the best talent in the region Offsite at one of uh, one of the nicer universities in the Midwest, and it was it was a great experience. I go up there for one year. I completely sucked, man. Uh, like it was awful. Like I didn't know how to do the three cone drills. The first time I ever ran a forty yard dash, it was terrible. But that ignited a little flame for me. So going back the next year, I brought a couple of my boys with me because I was familiar. And I kind of showed them the ropes a little bit, and I won MVP. I was the MVP of about a 300, 350 kids right there. At camp the next year, which kind of started the buzz again, recruiting and things like that. So my history started well before, and obviously they, you know, uh, Wisconsin offered me a scholarship during the recruiting process. So it was a little tension that I did not go there. Um, but getting back to the days in Champaign, Wisconsin was always a tough game, man. And it started with me not knowing much as a freshman because I had opportunity to play. And we go up to Cam Randall, and, dude, I'm talking about that's an experience like no other Big Ten stadium. Obviously, you got Penn State, Ohio State with just pure capacity and, and, and sound levels. But you don't know what – you don't really experience Cam Randall until you experience fourth court, going into that fourth quarter when they hit the jump around, oh, the man. entire stadium yep. is bouncing like that. That's an experience I think every college football player needs to go out there and see. Uh, because it's a great atmosphere and it is a great time to go out there and play football. But 
Wisconsin was always a hit you in the face type of team. Um, I know every time I played them three times and I was able to beat them once, all three times I remember being very so in the training room on Sunday after the game. So they're going to come out and hit you in the mouth. But uh, it was exciting. It was an exciting, like you said, an exciting um, um, rival, um, if, if you will. Uh, because there was a lot of tension, a lot of history between the two programs. Huge history, man, which which really makes this game so important. Um, and and we'll we'll get a chance to see who our guys really are. They're gonna the pressure's gonna be on once again. This is homecoming. Hey, listen, you you gotta have a lot of chutzpah um, to to <laughs> schedule Wisconsin for homecoming, right? Brett Bielema wanted this. It's very clear that he wanted this, um, and he's not shying away from the the action. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm upset I'm not going to be in Champaign this weekend to see them. Uh, but this is going to be a big one. And, um, you know, this is going to help show who this program is, not just for the rest of this year, but I think it's going to be a, a solid indicator of what the Brett Bielema era in Illinois looks like. 100% Cam, and I think there's a lot of indications um, for this big, before this game going into Big Ten West play. Um, homecoming, obviously, you know, it's a lot of one-loss teams in the Big Ten West, and we are right there on the cuffs of being able to make some noise as we kind of fight for a uh, Big Ten championship, uh, another Big Ten championship berth uh, coming up this, uh, this, this year in December. So um, looking at, and if you kind of look at a bunch of these one-loss teams, how do you kind of see this playing out? Now, let's just go out there and say hypothetically and assume we go out there and get this game against Wisconsin that puts us at two and three in the, in the Big Ten Conference. How do you see this? How, how can you see this potentially playing out with a lot of one-loss um, West teams Listen, right the, now? Listen, the, the Big Ten West is wide open. It's the wide open West. It's the wild, wild West. Um, and the <laughs> truth of the matter is that there's nobody on the schedule from here until Thanksgiving who I think that we can't beat. We had um, a, a good chance at beating Wisconsin this week in Champaign for homecoming. Then you've got Minnesota, I think Indiana uh, at home, Iowa uh, and Iowa City, and then um, the the Northwestern game uh, that weekend of Thanksgiving uh, up in uh, down in Champaign. And listen, I, I think that we can win out. I think we have an opportunity to to, to do this. And then we and then at that point we have to have a real conversation about whether or not we are um, the champions in the Big Ten West. I think we can be. Um, so it is almost crazy to think that we started the season as slow as we did, that we've had the issues that we've had, but that we still have the ability um, to be in Indianapolis in December playing for the Big Ten Championship. We do. No, absolutely, man. And I think in order to do that, it's going to take it's going to take laser focus from these guys um, every day, one week at a time, and go out there and do exactly what we just said. The Big Ten West is wide open. Um, with the exception of maybe Iowa uh, in November, who's a ranked team, I mean, I, I see us. I can see us running the table if we go out there and perform the way we did this past weekend against against Maryland, right? And even when we do step into you know that arena and you know in, in Iowa City, which is probably my most hated place to Man, play in the Big Ten with them. Talk about the pink locker room, bro. Yo. I can't wait to the Ivy League. I'm going to destroy them pink locker room. Hopefully we can get some photos to come in there and, and give the outside world a glimpse of what that's like for real. But with the exception of them, the, and combined with the way we played, right, we talking about really making some noise in the Big Ten West, but it's going to take laser 
focus. I mean, incredible focus one day at a time, win each day and let those wins add up. They're obviously going to get you to Saturday, and you brought that performance Saturday. You, you attack this and approach this just like that without looking too far in the future and handle every day at a time. I mean, you make it all—you I mean, make it almost impossible to lose that day, which ultimately gets you to a Saturday where you can wake up a little bit more confident and go out there and do your job. I think that's right. We have the tools to make that happen. Um, and, and listen, I think the 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 way that other teams in the in the division have struggled uh, are are really—it's um, a gift for us. It's a gift for us because I, I see other teams going the wrong way, and I see us going the right way. I think we've we've had our our worst. We've played our worst football. Um, which means we got a whole lot more room, a whole lot of ceiling um, left, and uh, this is going to be an exciting four weeks for, well, five weeks for for Illinois. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully being in Florida in January at a bowl game. Look, any anytime you can get to Florida in January, I mean, it's a win in in, in life, in period. So let alone going to a bowl game, watch the school play. All right, so let's jump off script for a second. Let's play, uh, you know, let's let's play let's play hypothetical, and we can name this little segment something. I want to give this a name because I caught you with a curveball last week about adding adding two historical players to this team. So I got another one for you. Homecoming week, homecoming week. Obviously, this is going to be a big one for us. Everybody's excitement. Two, I really want to be there, but I just can't schedule wise. I just can't get back to to campus. But um, let's take this opportunity to think back. Um, your four experience, your four homecomings, right at Illinois. Obviously, we shared one uh, your last year, um, but your four your four homecomings. Think about if you can remember, and I'm asking a lot right now. But think about you uh, remembering back to those four homecoming games. What, what, or who has your most dominant or favorite individual performance in your four homecomings? Win, lose, or draw. Which one of your teammates really showed up and just balled out for your four home, your four homecomings? So. I had some tough homecomings at U of I. We, we <laughs> listen, um, man. My my freshman year, we played against Minnesota, um, and okay. both we got rushed on uh, for about six hundred yards um, by Lawrence Maroney and Miriam Barber the uh, third. And it was a rainy day in Champaign. It was bad. At that point, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. Why am I here? What's what's going on? What's going on? That was tough. But you know what? Um, my my most pivotal or favorite homecoming memory, really, I can and I, I can tell you the exact date is October twenty second, two thousand five. Um, homecoming 05, We played Penn State uh, in Champaign. You may have been at the game as a recruit. I'm not sure if you were there or not, um, but it was a night game. Yeah. Oh, I was oh, there along with a lot of some other Illinois legends that was on recruiting yeah, trips too. It was a night game, man, and uh, a couple things happened that game. One, it was my first game playing <laughs> offensive line. Uh, when they switched me over, and I had to guard, uh, I was at left tackle of all places uh, against a guy named Tom Bahali. Not sure if you heard of him. Number one draft pick in the, in the, in the, in the I, I, I have heard um, of such names and, before. And Tom, uh, Tom had his way with me. I'll just say that he did what he wanted to do to me. And <laughs> um, but also, man, Coach Zook came in the locker room that game right before it started, and we were that happened to be the the first college football game on HDTV. That's how old it was, right? Um, and Zook came into the locker room and said, hey, man, this is live. We're on HDTV. I don't know what that means, but I think it's important, right? <laughs> and um, we got beat up pretty bad that game. But I will say, man, one of my closest friends from my Illini days and, and still a, a guy that I'm very, I'm very close to, to today, um, 
the juice before you was juice, juice Mitchell, Kevin Mitchell, number 42, man. Um, I never saw a person in my life play so hard, even when we, there's no way we could win that game. Like we were down by 30 points after the half. Uh, but juice played every single snap. Like it was the, like it was the Rose Bowl, man. And, um, you know, I already respected him and loved him as a friend, but, but that, made me see him as a as a football player in a different on a different level man that guy was committed to this team to this program which he still is obviously as he works in champagne uh, for the dia um but yeah man that's one of my why being on the sideline being down 35 points and watching juice still play lights out um really made me feel a different way about the guys who i had around me yeah man that's uh i mean that Kevin Mitchell, Juice Mitchell is a good friend. Um, he actually hosted me when I went back to campus a couple of weeks back, man. And he wears the orange and blue to this day. Um, he, he he fights. He fights hard, man. And, and, it's, and it's good to see him be kind of rising to, you know, your your, your top memory as one of your uh, favorite homecoming performance by an individual performer. Um, so for me, from 2006 to 2009, my four years, um, and in this order, we played, uh, we played Indiana. We played Ball State, the Rose Bowl year for homecoming. We played Minnesota my junior year, uh, and we played Michigan State my senior year. Now, I would say Michigan State was my all-time um, least favorite because this is the one time Zook and I really had some friction. <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason, Zook decided to bench me for the first time ever right as a starter that game. And he activated Eddie, Eddie McGee as a starter that game. Shout-out to my guy, Eddie. Um, and obviously, for for multitude of reasons, I hated that game because I'm on the sideline, and my view is very different. I'm used to being out there in live action, but this time, this game, I started on the sideline with a clipboard. So let's go ahead and throw that one in the trash. Uh, but looking at looking at the favorite though, um, was probably it is cliche, but it is what it is. Um, 2007, my sophomore year, the Rose Bowl year against Ball State, and and I got to get my favorite performance to Rashard Mendenhall that yeah. day. At this point, at this point during the season, he he went off against a ranked Missouri. He destroyed uh, Syracuse up in the uh, up in the dome. Indiana didn't have an answer for him because I think he rushed for maybe 16, 16 carries for like two hundred and forty yards and three touchdowns or something crazy like that. So at this point, everyone knew about Rashard Mendenhall. It was no secret, and the the entire game plan. I remember kind of you know kind of chirp, chirping and doing some trash talking to the defense to Ball State's defense that game. And they said, all y'all going to do is hand the ball out to number five. We'll stop him. And there was nothing they can do to stop him. And obviously, we go out there and, and, and beat up on a Ball State team that we should win, which ultimately led us going, uh, getting some traction heading into that Rose Bowl season. But, uh, I mean, he just went out there and just destroyed this team. And just really, he really treated these dudes like little kids. Like, it was him, a grown man playing against high school is what it looked like that day. It was nothing they can do to stop it. So, um, you know, I'd be remiss to kind of have my own homecoming reflections um, in terms of top performances, but I thought that'd be a cool one for us to kind of reflect on. No, that's, that's good, man. And homecoming is always fun. It's always interesting. Um, I, uh, I <laughs> that that Penn State game, I remember, and I can't say it on this podcast, but there were a lot of um, colorful uh, cuss words coming from across the field <laughs> from, from Joe Paterno, because Joe Paterno could not believe that we booked them for homecoming. And he called us some names, um, and he proceeded to try to put 60 points on us. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, homecoming is always fun. This is a big one. Um, you know, the, the Badgers are coming to coming to Champaign, and I think we're going to uh, give them a nice, a nice parting gift. 
Yeah, man, I hope I hope we right. Uh, I hope we right on this one. Um, just kind of think about what this game means outside of it just being homecoming, but precise, precisely for this season, what this ultimately can do for the program um, as we look to turn the season around. I mean, at a minimum, get bowl eligible because a lot of the, you know a lot of you know a lot of programs uh, is kind of based on the, the the success of that season, whether or not they become bowl eligible or not. And I know for us. That's always a goal for us to make it to a bowl. As we kind of, you know, use those uh, opportunities to to turn the program around, and become a national contender, and it takes it, you know, one season at a time. Um, let's go predictions. Ooh. What Illinois, Wisconsin, homecoming in Champaign. Wisconsin coming off a devastating loss, 15 to six against Iowa. Well, again, I'm gonna say it. Iowa had 37 pass yards and still dominated the game. Uh, what do you see um, from a prediction-wise? What do you think the score would be um, this weekend against Wisconsin? So I'm, I'm going to go a little specific on this one, man. Um, and I know that my my predictions are always a little lower in score because I'm a defensive guy because I, I hope people don't score. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say Illinois 14, Wisconsin 6. We're going to block a field goal. Oh, we blocking PATs yeah. now. Okay. All right, 14-6. I, I didn't uh, expect that. Uh, all right, so 14-6, how, how do we score 14? Um, so, listen, I, I think I – think so, last week we saw Luke get seven different receivers to ball, which is a which is a big deal. Um, we're going to actually play Illinois football and use the run to set up the pass, right? I, I expect to see um, uh, folks like like, uh, like 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 Hayden actually run the ball um, to get some movement. But we, we will score – on shallow routes um, where guys like Pat Bryant going to get busy and find their way to the end zone. No, I love it, man. I, and I could kind of see the same thing. Uh, scores prediction. I mean, I've been so off with these predictions, bro. And, and, I, and I said before, man, I, I am terrible trying to predict scores. Um, but let's go with um, – I'm going to jump out there and say 28 – 24, Illinois. Okay. 28-24, Illinois. Um, I think it's going to be a hard fall game. I think, I think um, Wisconsin is going to come out there with a little pride in terms of stopping the run a little bit. Um, I think Illinois will come out there with with the notion that we can make some, we can. There are some opportunities for some additional plays to be made in the pass game, and I think we continually build off of what we saw last week against against Maryland, where we are being uh, chain movers versus be, uh, just always looking for the yeah. big play. So I think we lean into that a little bit more and sustain a few more complete drives, which allows us to put up 28 points. Um, Wisconsin will make some plays, right? They'll they'll have a little pride coming off of you know only scoring six points, and they'll try to do a little bit more, and they will make some plays, right? And just to be to be fair, emotions will be high, um, you know, a lot of energy in the, in, in the building that day. But Illinois 28, 24, um, and I think we squeeze out of we, we squeeze out a victory. I don't have any 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 block. Uh, PATs in my prediction this week, hey, but you know I, li- I like hey, to come through that. If it happens, we gotta go to Vegas together, man. That means I'm I'm lucky, brother. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We block a PAT, we absolutely going to Vegas. So we we, we gotta put some we gotta put some bets on the table for sure, for sure, for sure. Hey, man, it's always good chat with you, bro. Um, looking forward to this game against Wisconsin. Looking forward to seeing what we actually can build off of coming off the win against Maryland. Uh, I'm super excited about this upcoming week. 
Uh, it's always fun catching up with you. You too, brother. Listen, this is going to be a big week for us. We, we, we made turtle soup last week, and now we're about to make some, make some light work <laughs> at the Badgers. Hopefully, we got to keep playing our, our, our game, and um, we'll, we'll do this again next week, man. Oski wow wow. Oski wow wow. Until next time, guys. <laughs>